Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. World Tourism Organization sounds the alarm over the coronavirus's impact on global tourism. As Ron Cruz tells us, the Philippines' tourism industry is the most vulnerable to risks. The U.S. Federal Reserve cut interest rates in an emergency move designed to shield the world's largest economy from the shock caused by the coronavirus outbreak. The Fed slashed interest rates by half a percentage point to a target range of 1% to 1.25%. U.S. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin applauded the Fed's decision, saying it would help the American economy. But for U.S. President Donald Trump, the cut was not enough. The Fed is very disappointing to me. They have to lead, not follow. They are following, not leading. The rate cut comes following a statement from the group of seven nations saying it is ready to take actions, including fiscal measures. But the statement stopped short of outlining measures to cushion the economic blow of the coronavirus epidemic. Masafumi Yamamoto, chief currency strategist at Mizuo Securities in Tokyo, said the G7 statement and the latest rate cut by the Fed are not enough to support markets. Other central banks have already taken action. On Tuesday, central banks in Australia and Malaysia cut rates, while on Monday, the Bank of Japan took steps to provide liquidity to stabilize financial markets there. Meanwhile, the World Bank announces an initial $12 billion in emergency aid to assist countries hit with a COVID-19 outbreak. The international lender says the fund will help developing countries strengthen their health care systems to safeguard the public from the epidemic. The coronavirus has triggered disruptions to supply chains, factory output, and global travel. The UN World Tourism Organization says the outbreak is posing huge risks to the $1.7 trillion global tourism industry. The Philippines is not spared, with its tourism secretary saying the number of tourist arrivals in the Philippines went down by 40% in the month of February 2020 compared to the same period last year. COVID-19 has spread quickly from China, where the disease emerged from the city of Wuhan late last year. It has now killed more than 3,000 people, and over 92,000 cases have been reported across more than 70 countries. Ron Cruz, ABS-CBN News. Fed's emergency rate cut also prompted a last-minute rally for Philippine shares. As Michelle Long tells us, the Philippine Central Bank is now seen to follow suit on the policy easing. Philippine shares ended a mostly down day up, while the rest of Asia was mixed as investors digested the U.S. Federal Reserve's emergency interest rate cut and warning that COVID-19 will weigh on the U.S. economy for, quote, some time. Central banks conventionally respond to economic shocks by lowering the cost of credit in the hopes this will encourage households to continue to spend and businesses to invest. BPI Securities' Hajna Vice thinks the Philippine Central Bank is next. I think uh, we'll probably have uh, one coming up soon uh, in, uh, in March, and then you'll probably have, uh, you'll probably have another one uh, at, the next, uh, you know, at the next possible time, probably the next uh, Central Bank meeting. I think that's, that's what we uh, project for now. 
Uh, as far as how potent it will be, obviously there is uh, a lag effect uh, as well. We're not too uh, dependent on trade. We remain uh, more dependent uh, on, on consumption. But uh, we have to remember that, uh, you know, we're starting to see the effects of this virus not just on Asia, uh, but all over the world. And eventually that's going to have an impact as well, potentially, I think, on, uh, you know, remittances and, uh, you know, the level of deployment uh, of Filipinos abroad. For the day, the PSE index managed to rise 1.1% or 77 points to close at 68.67. The markets have been way oversold for the past few weeks. And I think that's the reason why we see an oversold bounce that happened a while ago. So I think it's mostly the mutual funds coming in by filling in the orders at the last minute. So I think that's mostly a dead cat bounce that's happening today. Cash is king in terms of environments such as this. Don't get me wrong, I think markets are very attractive already. I mean, valuations are very cheap, but it can stay here for quite some time. So until, and I always tell people it's always better to be late than to be early. In corporate stories amid downgrades in growth projections and an expected slowdown in consumption due to the coronavirus, SM Prime Holdings is pushing ahead with its growth plans, boosting capital expenditures this year by 16% to 80 billion pesos. Meanwhile, ICTSI stocks were heavily sold down amid concerns. The COVID-19 outbreak disrupted factory work and delayed shipments in some of the world's biggest ports. In Manila, port operations dropped 50% in February. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. Nearly 30 overseas Filipino workers in Hong Kong lose their jobs because of the COVID-19 outbreak. But as Dino Ponte Orig tells us, the Philippine Labor Department is shrugging off the issue, saying they are isolated incidents. Dozens of Filipino workers in Hong Kong facing unemployment due to the COVID-19 outbreak. According to the Overseas Workers Welfare Administration, or OWA, some employers terminated the contracts of 16 Filipino workers and left the Chinese territory for fear of the virus. Twelve others lost their jobs due to disputes with employers who barred them from leaving during their rest days. OWA now in talks with the Hong Kong Labor Department to assist the Filipino workers. Hong Kong is home to some 220,000 OFWs. But Labor Secretary Sylvester Bello says the job losses of some OFWs in Hong Kong and Macau are merely isolated incidents. Wala namang loss of, uh, of work, especially if you're talking of Hong Kong, Japan, Macau, and even Taiwan. So wala, wala tayong, ano, there are no incidents of ano, employment loss. Oh, may mga isolated cases, oh, pero by and large, walang, ano, walang uh, alarming rate of uh, unemployment to our overseas workers. But uh, we are prepared to, in case there's a need to repatriate them, we are prepared to repatriate them and we are prepared to extend to them our repatriation or reintegration program. The Labor Department has meanwhile laid down other measures to protect workers amid the outbreak. We are reinstituting the mechanisms for business enterprises to adopt flexible work arrangements coupled with a quick response and daily reporting system by regional offices and the Philippine Overseas Labor Offices on job displacements in their respective jurisdictions. We are revisiting as well our priorities in the grant and release of financial assistance through our adjustment measure program Tulong Pangkabuhayan sa ating Disadvantaged Displaced Workers Program, 
and GIP program to affected sectors, especially in industries vulnerable to COVID-19. The Philippines also expecting hundreds of repatriates from Macau. 148 Filipinos will be repatriated by the Foreign Affairs Department, while another 48 will be assisted by OWA. And since Macau only has 10 cases of COVID-19, the Health Department says repatriates can just conduct self-quarantine. As for the Pharmaceutical and Healthcare Association of the Philippines, or PHAP, it says it is closely monitoring supply chains to ensure essential medicines and vaccines are available to patients. Many of those who actually make medicines uh, amongst our members uh, who are developing these technologies, as well as those with generic equivalents, are not as dependent on China. Uh, not to say that we don't get anything from China, of course we do, but we also have other sources of supplies coming from Europe and the United States, among other countries. We can assure the public that the, this, the supply of medicines uh, coming from our members, as well as the development of therapies and vaccines, will continue. The country's trade department also says it has found a supplier from India that will export one million pieces of surgical masks at 12 pesos apiece cheaper compared to the import price of other suppliers from Europe and Asia. Dino Pontiarig, ABS-CBN News. The Philippine Central Bank says a bank lending and domestic liquidity both expanded in January. Outstanding loans of Universal and Commercial Banks grew by 11.6% during the start of the year, faster than the 10.9% recorded in December last year. Loans for household consumption also increased due to faster growth in credit card and motor vehicle loans. But loans for production activities stood at 8.8%, lower than the 9.1% recorded in the previous month. Meanwhile, domestic liquidity, or the amount of money circulating in the Philippine economy, also expanded in January by 11.9% to about 12.8 trillion pesos. The Philippine Central Bank says a demand for credit remained the principal driver of money supply growth. Michael Ricofort of RCBC attributes the developments to the central bank's triple R cuts. He adds faster loan growth may already reflect the increase in government spending. Investors now await inflation data out Thursday. The Philippine government may be tolerating suspected money laundering activities by Chinese nationals. That's according to Philippine Senate Blue Ribbon Committee Chair Richard Gordon, citing the country's perceived closeness to China. Gordon has scheduled a legislative inquiry Thursday on the questionable entry of millions of dollars in cash believed to be used by Philippine offshore gaming operators. This would never happen if, if the administration were not too soft on China. That's why there's some tolerance that takot sila eh. Hindi nalalak. May deal ba si boss dito? May deal ba ang presidente dito? Pinagbibigyan niya itong mga ito? Eh, nakakatakot dyan eh. There's the doubt because of the perceived closeness of the administration to China. Nag-aalang nga, baka may pinag-usapan itong mga ito. Sir, you think the president knows about these things? Oh, yeah. Impossible naman, hindi niya alam yan. Hindi mo pinapahuli. Hindi may tolerance. Nagsumbong na sa'yo yung customs. Hindi mo pa rin gumalaw yung AMLA, hindi pa rin gumalaw. Sasabihin mo, yun lang. Can you not be imaginative?
The finance department, meanwhile, asserts the entry and exit of large amounts of money in the Philippines by foreign nationals is not illegal in the country, as long as it is declared. This following the expose of Senator Richard Gordon about alleged money laundering activities of Chinese nationals entering the country. The department also reiterates its call for lawmakers to lift the absolute confidentiality of bank deposits under the bank secrecy law. The Philippines gaming regulator warns the country may lose out on revenues to fund government programs if offshore gaming operators are banned. But as Bruce Rodriguez tells us, at least one sector is unfaced by this possibility. Real estate investment trusts are widely seen to take off in the Philippines this year, even as the country's property sector faces downside risks, which include growing calls to ban Philippine offshore gaming operators or POGOs. That is according to Reggie Cariaso, head of corporate banking strategy, products and solutions at the Bank of the Philippine Islands. You have to weigh the risks, love, of POGOs. You have to weigh the risks of, of, um, of industrial REITs, um, maybe logistics REITs. There's a lot of other possibilities. Infrastructure REITs could be a possibility. There are many possibilities at the moment. We're, we are, we're not even close to reaching any kind of saturation point when you have zero. In fact, he expects the country's potential REIT market to rival its regional peers like Thailand, where market capitalization has grown to $11 billion. All these optimism amid a backdrop of dimmer prospects for the local real estate sector, as one major growth driver, POGOS, face increasing scrutiny. Several senators have already flagged alleged crimes and social risks associated to POGOS, mostly Chinese workers. But the country's gaming regulator, Philippine Amusement and Gaming Corporation, insists while it's not trying to promote POGOs, the country has a lot to lose out on if they're banned or leave. Pacor says with various industries all going digital, it's only a matter of time before casino operations also become mostly online. So if you let it go now, and then naging dun talaga yung trend, Wala na tayong revenue makukuha. Tatsagaan natin yung revenue makukuha natin from the land-based casinos na I'm sure will drop. Okay. So, paano na yung mga, for example, dito sa amin kukunin partly yung budget ng universal healthcare sa income ni Pagkor. Revenues from POGOs increased to over 18 billion pesos or $360 million from 2016 to 2019. Pacor also asserts the local real estate sector, which has been boosted by the immense office and residential requirements of POGOs, will also lose out, as well as the restaurants and shops that have benefited from high-spending POGO workers. But to address the perceived negative impact of POGOs, Pacor says it's beefing up its coordination with the Justice Department by establishing a command center focusing on crimes and social costs related to the controversial industry. Bruce Rodriguez, ABS-CBN News. And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.